Greetings, horror fans, and welcome to episode 178 of Frightmares. I am your host, Austin Proctor, and joining me today across the table is my co-host, Spencer Lafferman. Hi. Always so excited to be here. Today we're talking about a movie uh, called Lovely Molly, and this is the second week of our staff picks. And this week, obviously, Spencer picked, so how did you settle upon this movie, Spencer? What was your process? <laughs> Honestly, it was. I literally just looked at the collection of movies that I owned and something I haven't seen in a while. Oh, okay, yeah, perfect. That's, that's literally all I did. My only criteria was two point seven and up, and something that wasn't too like crazy deep cut. Uh, so last week we did Witch in the Window, which was Corey's. This week is Spencer's. Lovely Molly, and holy shit, what a what a pick, man! My God, that movie was utterly unhinged and a uh, fun little trivia about how i know about this movie is one of my friends who doesn't like horror mentioned this to me because she loved it and i'd never heard about this and i this was years ago um and i didn't know where to get it so i you know i just actually don't remember how i saw it to be honest i think it was actually randomly on like netflix at one point where she mentioned it and i looked at it i'm like oh okay cool um, and then I watched it and then I fell in love with it. But like, it's funny how a non horror person saw this movie and recommended it to somebody who does like horror Yeah, because they thoroughly enjoyed it. And I thought that was interesting. It, it was definitely on Netflix because I remember the co- post or the cover art, whatever you want to call it, like vividly, I would pass it all the time on Netflix when it was there. And I just was like, it looks like the, the poster art is what sells the movie. Like if it if I don't if I'm not interested in it I was like mm, I don't know it kind of looks cheesy but much to my knowledge I didn't even fucking research it because Eduardo Sanchez was the director and that would have sold that's when when you sent that over and I saw that I was like I'm already into this like I'm already on board I love Eduardo Sanchez um, well back in 2011 like you probably didn't know who that who that was at that time either yeah I guess that's so, true I probably I mean like I I yeah that's true plus I I didn't I didn't like Blair Witch back then anyways so. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's just funny how you can, you know, this movie's 12 years old now. It's just funny how you can go so long knowing that a movie exists, especially since I saw it on face or um, Netflix and then just take 12 years to watch it. So it is what it is, but uh, very excited to talk about this one. Since uh, this one is over 10 years, we will be going full spoilers, but we will get to a point in the episode where I will say from this point on, we're going to be doing spoilers and I'll be timestamping everything so you can skip to the end if you do not want to hear spoilers or you can watch the movie and come back. It's up to you. The options are unlimited. Well, not really, but a couple. Anyways, let's move on to some topics here before we get into the movie. I recently saw on Facebook that John Carpenter is in the works or possibly wants to do a Dead Space movie. Yes, I don't think it's actually going to happen. I don't know if it's factual, but it is a fun topic, and I want to get your opinion on what you think about a John Carpenter Dead Space movie. For those of you who don't know, uh, may not know, Dead Space is a really awesome like horror. Uh, it's either I think it's on Xbox. I don't know if it's on Xbox and PlayStation, but it's a very horror like space move or space game. It's a lot of fun. So, what are your thoughts if this actually becomes a reality? I mean, we obviously know he's very capable of doing horror, yeah. so that gets you know, a pro. Um, from my knowledge, like I've not seen every John Carpenter movie. I'm, I'm there's probably a couple that I haven't seen. I don't know off the top of my head, but I, I'm sure I haven't seen them all. But uh, I don't think he's ever ventured into space. And correct me if I'm wrong. Well, Ghost I th- was it Ghost of Mars in space? It was on Mars. Well, yeah. I don't count that as actual fucking Star Wars type of space. That's what Dead Space would be. It would be on a ship in actual space versus on a planet. Yeah. Um, it would be different. I mean, he's done you know, he's done aliens before with, you know, they live. Uh, and but, I guess technically the thing would be aliens, but it's not. But yeah. it's still that technically space. No, it's no, still no. on Earth. No, so no, like no. this would be a, this would be like his alien. Yeah. So like, is he capable of doing this? Oh, absolutely. Do I like, would I love to see him try? I wouldn't say a new genre, but like I guess space horror would be considered a new like a, a like for him. For him, it would yeah. be a new type of like subgenre, not genre, but subgenre. Would I love to see that? Sure. I mean, it's John Carpenter. Uh, anything that he pops out with these days, no matter if it's producing or whatever, like I'm gonna be there. Yeah, especially, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. Especially with, I mean, I mean, hell, his 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 first movie is the reason why I love horror. So like. I'm already married to the guy. Yeah. Like, that's how it works. But uh, I'm also a huge fan of the Dead Space games, so uh, I'm double interested. Yeah, I think this would be something very interesting if he did 
just because of it being Carpenter and Dead Space now, being a very established horror game. Now, my only issue, and I, I mean, it's probably not even an issue, but like compared to his other films, the scope of this will be bigger. Yeah. Like it will be a, I mean, I'm sure you can do it on a low-ish budget, but it'll probably be one of his higher budget movies that he's done. I mean, none of his movies really been big budget yeah you're gonna need some uh cg for sure but knowing him he would do all the creature designs practically or at least i hope he would <laughs> well I, I guess it, all, it also just depends uh what production companies uh allow like giving it like, mm, like, for, like for instance um netflix is doing a bioshock movie yeah oh are they yep Oh, uh, which uh, they're probably going to fuck it up. But the fact that it's a movie and not a TV show, I know it's it, it doesn't matter because I'm going to at least get one movie out of it, like a complete like story. So I'm not too mad because, you know, they don't they don't like to continue their, their, their stories on TV. No, they're like, hey, we released one season. OK, it's canceled. Thanks, Netflix. Like if you're going to start they something. They took that South Park episode. There you go. And then it's gone. And they, they it's took gone. It too literal. But uh, like I, he, I, I feel, you know, he I feel like he's got, he hasn't directed. Or it's, it just says possibly doing a Death Space movie. Like, did it say directing or what did it say he was doing? Just... Yeah, it said directing. Uh, oh, okay. Because yeah. because because he could, for all we know, he could just be producing it like he did the 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 last trilogy of Halloween's. Yeah, if he directs it, that would be super awesome. It, you know, because anytime you see like James Wan produce, John Carpenter produce, you're like, okay. I mean, it has their stamp of like approval, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good. Like, I mean, I mean, the last movie he directed was The Ward, where. Uh... Which was, it's pretty good. It's solid. If I it mean, didn't have Amber Heard in it, I'd probably like it more. I didn't hate her at the I time. Didn't hate her in, I didn't hate her performance in there because she had to play a crazy person, so she nailed it. Nailed it. So, so like, <laughs> honestly, it's probably one of her best roles. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty good one. Uh, yeah, I think that is his most recent. And that was, a, honestly, I want to say it was closer to when Lovely Molly came I out. I think it was 2013, I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh, well, 2013, close. 2014. I'll double check right now yeah. since I'm on IMDb already. The Ward. Oh, 2010. Holy okay, shit. Okay, so it was even before Lovely Molly. Good so, God. Yeah, so that's yeah, a year before. And that was his last movie he directed. Real, wow. I'm sure he still has it. But like like I said, this movie this movie would have a bigger scope just in general. I mean, CGI or not, like it's got just a bigger grandeur of scope because of... Yeah. And, you know, the listeners that know Dead Space, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And oh, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not going to spoil anything about the games just in case someone hasn't hasn't yet, like, played them. And they're like, because they also did just remaster them for next gen. So maybe some people haven't and they, or they want to replay. So I'm not really going to give that away. But That's fair. But it being, it will be John Carpenter's Alien for sure. And can he do it? I, I'm absolutely. I have like, all the faith in the world in this man. And also the fact that, like, the material's already there. Like, it just needs to take a writer... Like a, a decent, I'm not even going to say a great writer, a decent writer <laughs> to to play the, what I, what I would do is either get somebody who's played, like maybe get the writers of the games because that happens, or get somebody that is very well knowledge in the games or will take the time and play the whole, I'm pretty sure it's a trilogy. Yeah, there's three, yeah. I, there's three, that's three that I know of. Yeah. I don't well, know if there's any more. No, no, there's just three then. I knew it was either yeah. two or three, but, uh, or take the time, play all three games through. Uh, just to get the complete story in your head and then rage based on how how it played and how the game did it. Like, yes, you could make a few changes, you know, you know, don't straight up plagiarize it. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's not a bad thing either if they do that, because games to movies like sometimes translate better when it's already established. No, uh, you're, like, yeah. when the scripts are established and they're just taking it to a like a two hour cinematic versus like little bits of cinematic throughout the game. Yeah. So all I say is for the writer that does this, do your homework, because it's a game, so like, there's a lot of fans out there, and if you want, if you want asses in the seats, you gotta, you, you gotta give us, you gotta give us something that looks decent enough for us to pay the twenty dollars to go see it. Yeah, and I already know John Carpenter's a huge video game nerd, anyways, so I'm sure he's probably played all of I'm them. I'm sure his son yeah. is as well. Like, yeah. I'm so you know, like father, like son, because you know he's followed him in his music footsteps. So why not? Exactly. So like, so. I, I have faith that if John Carpenter's name is on this movie. It can, it will, I mean, it'll definitely like attract attention, but like, like I said, the writers need to do their homework. That's for sure. Um, on the topic of John Carpenter really quickly, I did rewatch, uh, escape from New York the other night. It had been probably like 10 or 15 years since I seen that. I totally forgot how fucking awesome that movie is. And Kurt Russell is such a goddamn badass. Love that oh, movie. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, but yeah, I've been kind of on a Carpenter kick lately. I don't know why, but I don't really need an explanation for that. It's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> uh, but speaking of video games uh, adaptations, let's talk about some that didn't do well and some that kind of did well. Uh, first up, I, I have to say Mortal Kombat. No offense to those movies in the 90s, but man, they are really hard. That's a hard watch. 
Both, I mean, really more annihilation. More annihilation. Than the, <laughs> the first one is very watchable. Yeah, the well, the first one's pretty good, I guess. But yeah, that second one, holy shit. But in terms of uh, what I just said about, like, do your homework with writing, like, they, they dropped the ball with, with them. Maybe yeah. not so much the first one. They, they they did what they could on the budget, but, like, I that don't know. That second what they, one. Uh, 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 like, I, I don't know what they uh, did with the second one. Not they, even What's-His-Face from Dexter could save that. What's his name? The the Harry Morgan? Whatever his name in real life is. He was in that movie. Not, yeah, I forgot it. Not even he could save that. Uh, um, another shit adaptation with House of the Dead. Oh, my God. Horrible. But somehow it spawned, I think, like three movies. Oh, it's got a few. Yeah. Not, I've only seen the first two, and I stopped that two because... And you know what? I blind bought those on DVD back oh, in the day. No. Back in the no. day when, because I used to, I love playing the games. Yeah. And obviously they didn't go to theaters. So like when, <laughs> when GameStop was selling movies, like before they spawned MovieStop, they sold like movies cheap. And they were both there on DVD. I got it for like four bucks each. So like, I'm not upset that I paid eight bucks for two DVDs, but like the first one was, was watchable, and I say that because, I mean, it was horrible, but, like, there are guilty pleasure movies out there. We can all admit that suck dick, but we'll watch them all the time. <laughs> but the second one, like, it's like, you know, House of the Dead 2 is like Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Not not so, like, the CGI wasn't as bad, but, like, it's I don't know what they did. It's like they just took everything that was decent about the first one and just had a three-year-old write the script for the second one, and they're like, okay, here it is. But also, the director they got for House of the Dead 1 and 2 is notoriously known for shit movies. <laughs> Solid. Every, every single movie he does is not a gem yeah, at all. So there's two. Yeah, House of the Dead 2003 and then House of the Dead 2 2005. So um, another one that, I mean, it's got The Rock in it, so that's cool. But Doom, that didn't do that well um, in my it, Sorry, continue. Oh no, I was gonna say uh, just ratings wise, and uh, have think, you seen it? Yeah, I mean oh, okay. it's, been, it's been a while. But, oh, I, I mean, just didn't know if you've seen it. It's been a while, but I've seen it. But yeah, that one was one that kind of was uh, it, like I don't know. It was all right, but I don't think it did that well. I mean, it, I mean, it had that star power. I mean, you got you got The Rock, which at the time was not star power. He was getting his stardom. But yeah, yeah that was like 2005, I you think. Have, you have Car- uh, Carl Urban in there, which also wasn't a big name at the time either. You got Roseman. You got a bunch of like bigger names that are now than they were then. Yeah. Um, but like that's another one where like, like some of these like I maybe this would have been better as a TV show maybe not back then because the budget would have been really bad but, but just like you know, you know I mean it's a generic plot yeah <laughs> and it just didn't translate some some movies like will translate better as a TV show even if it's like a limited series like like a twelve episode limited series just do that but also back then they weren't necessarily doing limited series they were in the long haul for eight to ten that's true yeah but uh but I mean it's watchable. Um, that's the, yeah, that's all I can say about that. Uh, next we have Silent Hill. I mean, I think it's a pretty good movie. Like, I think I gave it like a three out of five. Uh, it's enjoyable to watch, but I've heard from people that have played the video games that it is a shit adaptation to the, you know, from, from video game to movie. I hear people complain about it, how it's just it's an, another poorly translated. Yeah. Movie. Um, and then Max Payne is another one. That movie sucks so much. We saw that in theaters when it came out, when yeah. we used to work there. The movie sucks so hard. And, and then when it came out with an unrated version, we're like, oh, okay. And then I watched that like, one. No. And I'm like, no, it's not even close to as, like, it's nowhere near as, like, it, it's like, I don't even know why it was underrated. Like, the, the yeah. violence was there, but there's there nothing in there to make it unrated. There's no nudity, no none of that. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Um, and then speaking of ones that did pretty good, uh, I'd, I'd like to think Resident Evil did pretty well for itself because it has six or seven fucking movies. Um, well, I mean, it's also one of, I don't, it's in the top, I think five most profitable franchises of all the time. That's what I'm saying. Like it might, I don't, I don't know how it relates to the stories and video games, but I know. Not at all. Oh, okay. Well, I know, <laughs> I know, I know like, uh, money wise, I mean, you have got seven movies. They didn't just make seven movies on action. Yes. The CG is not the greatest in most of them, but they're really fucking fun to watch. If anything, the first one was the most, um, Oh yeah. <laughs> the most, um, like wonky. <laughs> no, true to the games. Oh, okay. But also it wasn't. Yeah. Like, but, but if I really had to nitpick, it was, I mean, Alice was a made up character. She's not in any of it. Right. Yeah. I knew that much. And honestly, like, Nobody in the actual games were, were, I mean, there were like, you know, you have Spencer Mansion, which was in the, 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 the games and stuff, but like, that's really about all for the first movie. Like they got right was like, like, uh, you know, Spencer Mansion and some of the, some of the monsters, which, you know, they were, but like, 
because they added a whole new character, Alice, which which honestly is the plot device for the entire series. Yeah. You have to now make up your own shit. Yeah, exactly. Which I mean, there's, I mean, throughout the series they do bring Claire and a couple of characters we know in, but like briefly, and they don't do them justice. And then we got a, it's not a remake. It is definitely a reboot they were trying to do with Welcome to Raccoon City. Oh, that one was so bad. And you know what was what really pissed me off about that movie more than anything is I thought the casting, for the most part. Was what was spot on, but they didn't do anything else good with it. Like no, that movie was. I think they I made, gave it a two. They made so Leon bad. S. Kennedy a fucking pussy, <laughs> and if you've played the games, he is definitely nowhere near that. He's a badass, and like in this movie, they made him a fumbling, bumbling idiot the entire <laughs> movie. Like I thought maybe they redeem himself on like the climactic like action sequence at the end of the movie, and they're like, nope, he's still stupid. I'm like. Well, then so is this movie. Great. Love this movie so much. Like, uh, um, but, but I thought the casting was more spot on than it was in the actual like other movies. Yeah, the casting was good, and I like the actors, but yeah, the movie itself, not so good. Uh, speaking of a great adaptation, I think, is Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2. Both of those are fucking awesome. Oh, they were great. They were so much better than I ever thought they could be. Uh, you know, they were a lot of fun. And then, I know this one might, you know, ruffle some feathers, but I really enjoyed the Mortal Kombat movie from 2021. I love the fatalities. I love the blood and the gore. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, a, it was lot, a, lot, a lot of people didn't, but I thought it was fucking great. So. And on the topic of, of I almost said comedies, on a ga- <laughs> on game movies, uh, I think it's this year they're doing a Gran Turismo movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Whoa. All right. That would be interesting. Where's my GTA movie at? Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't really think they need a movie for GTA. <laughs> I mean, GTA is pretty much a movie in itself. Uh, so, yeah, those are some good, good and bad adaptations of games. I'd love to see John Carpenter do his thing, but uh, obviously and we will keep you posted on what happens with that. Moving on, I did see a new movie for this year called Sick, which is a Peacock original, and it's a pretty standard home invasion movie, but it actually takes place centered around COVID, so it was really interesting to see a movie deal with that. I thought that was interesting. It gave me bad flashbacks, though, from 2020. Didn't like that part of it. Um, really good casting. Really good gore. A lot of, like, some good kills as well. Killer motivation was, made sense, but it was a little bit of a reach for me. But overall, I really enjoyed it. I gave it a three and a half out of five. If you haven't seen it, check it out. I believe it still has a three, three out of five on net or on um, Letterboxd. And if you have Peacock, you can watch it for free. So go check that out if you haven't. Brand new for this year. Um... And then another movie that is coming out that we are going to go watch on Saturday is a movie called Missing. And this is a spiritual sequel to a movie called Searching, uh, which was John Cho. And it's all like the POV of laptops and phones and like, you know, it's all that style POV. And, you know, his daughter goes missing and it's a whole fucking wild ride and how they figure out where she went and all that stuff. I don't Have you seen that one? No. Oh my God, Spencer! That movie is fucking amazing. It got it has a three point or sorry, it has a four point five out of five for me. I think it's a fucking br- I think it's a brilliant movie. So this movie coming out on uh, well, I guess by the time this episode airs, the movie will be out. It's called Missing, and it's a similar premise except this time it's a young girl and her mom goes missing. I think she goes to another country, and then from the trailer, from what I get, you start learning more about this woman, and it seems like she has this alternate life and stuff like that. So same kind of style of movie. Actually, the same director. He he he's not doing missing, but he is writing it. Um, let me get his name real quick. But yeah, if you haven't seen Searching, it's actually kind of hard to find. It's really a coincidence how I found it because I was trying to watch it before we went to went to see Missing, and it's not streaming anywhere. You can't. I couldn't find it on Amazon, and then I go to fucking Best Buy looking for horror movies, and what do I see for seven ninety nine? Searching. I'm like, that is fucking really weird how the universe so, works. So what you're saying is, if you want to see this movie, you really have to search for it. You have to you have to search for Searching. It's no joke. Uh, oh yeah, Anish Anish Chan. Uh, Chiganti, I'm sorry if I butchered your name. He also directed Run with Sarah Paulson from 2020. That was a good one. Which is a great one. But yeah, he's not directing Missing, but he did write it. So it's still in the same family. I actually found him on Instagram. Did he write Searching? Yeah. 
Oh. Yeah, yeah. He wrote he wrote Searching Run and Missing, and then he directed Searching and Run. Okay. So it's yeah. It's, I actually found him on um, uh, Instagram last night, and I was like, hey, I'd love to talk to you about your movies because you're awesome. So maybe he'll get back to me. Uh, but yeah, so I'm excited about that one because I do love me a like you know POV style movie. Especially because it's so impressive to make a movie entirely from like the perspective of a laptop and phones. Like it, that's I don't know how people do that. That's why I wanted to talk to him. Like, how? What is the process for directing that? You know what I mean? Because you don't really have a camera. You're like screen. I don't even know how it fucking. Well, technically, you have a camera. Well, yeah, the, I, like the iPhone and stuff. But like when you're looking at like a computer desktop, like are you just screen recording that? Like how does that fucking work? I would say yes. Yeah, it's, that's what I would say. It's it's very impressive either way. So I'm excited to go check that out with you um, this weekend. So what have you watched recently? Anything good? Horror or not, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter. This is just what we talk about, what we've watched. Uh, well, so why I get my letterbox up because why I oughta. But uh, so what I've been trying to do this year because I don't really, I mean, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But uh, what I've been doing this year is trying to, like, if I'm going to watch like one movie for the day, I'm going to try to find a movie, no matter what the genre, of something I haven't seen yet because I've seen a shit ton, but there also is a shit ton I haven't, and I've been doing pretty decent, like for. So I've seen 24 movies this year. Nice. So far, and 18 of them are ones I haven't seen before. Nice. Um, so um, I wa- So the last movie I watched for the first time um, was uh, Summer of 84. Oh, you hadn't seen that one? So it's funny. I blind bought that on Voodoo for $5 like last year, and I just like forgot all about it. And then <laughs> I was searching for a movie to watch on Voodoo. I didn't like, I just wanted to watch a movie that, I, that I've seen before. I just wanted to watch a movie. And I saw that one. I'm like, you know what? I haven't seen this one yet. So fuck it. Let me watch it. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was it was very good. It was, I mean, it's something we kind of like. It reminded me a lot of Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's also a good movie. Oh yeah, I like that one. That's an underrated movie. I would love to talk about that one. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, I mean, that was the last like movie I've I've seen. Uh, like the one that last movie I watched before that I've never seen before. Um, but I've seen like uh, I watched um, that Catherine Bigelow vampire movie for the first time. Catherine Bigelow. It's oh, a near the, dark. Near dark. Oh, it finally hit Shutter. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And it's one of those movies you can't get anywhere. Right. And I'm like, well, f- yeah. I've always I've been dying to see this, so I finally watched that. Fucking loved it. It was great. Highly recommend it. Nice. Um, that's I, what I've been trying to do this year too. I have so many movies I bought and haven't watched. So anytime I go to watch a movie. I am trying. To, I'm trying my best to watch something that either a I have bought and haven't watched yet, or that I have not watched. That's what. That's my goal for this year. My goal is to get through everything that I've purchased that is still in sealed and get through that this year. Oh, and, oh, <laughs> that's and, my goal. And I finally watched because uh, I was scrolling on Netflix for something new to watch, and mm-hmm. they had Life of Brian. Oh, nice. And I watched that for the first time. Oh, that's right. You haven't seen that yeah, until recently. On the bright side, it's of life. so good. It's 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 fucking amazing. Yeah. And that's another movie you can't. I mean, like like I mean, I could have just bought it on Blu-ray if I wanted to, but like I've never seen it. And sometimes, sometimes it's hit or miss with older movies. You know, it, it can be especially comedies because you know. But like Monty Python usually stands the test of time. Also, fun with, uh, fact comedy. for if anybody's listening and wanted to watch this or any other type of Monty Python movie, uh, I found this out uh, the other day actually that Netflix has the streaming rights for Monty Python movies. Oh. Oh, okay. So if you look for it streaming and you can't find it anywhere, go to Netflix first, and odds are they'll have it as long as it's you know available like that. Very nice. Because you can't even get these on on uh, you can't even like get them on Voodoo or anything. So like literally, Netflix is the only way to watch Life of Brian unless you own the 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 Blu-ray DVD or whatever. Yeah. Or you just buy that the physical copy. But all right, for streaming purposes, Netflix only. Very nice. I will keep that in mind next time I go to watch a Monty Python movie. Uh, let's see. What have I recently watched besides Sick? Oh, I watched Upgrade for the first time, which is a Lee. I watched it. It was Lee Winnell's birthday the other day. So shout out to Lee Winnell. Fucking brilliant man. And I had never seen Upgrade. And I kept getting that one confused with Overlord. And they're no nowhere near similar. Have you seen Overlord, though? No. Oh. <laughs> and that's another one I need to watch. Yeah, you but, do. But for some reason, I thought, I thought Lee Winnell directed. I think I think I was confusing them because I thought Lee Winnell directed Overlord. He did not. He directed Upgrade. And I was like, that's the movie I wanted to watch. And you had it on your voodoo, I think. I think that's where I watched it. Yeah. 
And uh, I didn't know, I knew nothing going into this movie. I just knew that it was set in the future. And I was like, cool. And I like the first five minutes into this movie, I was like, this is going to be amazing. And not only did I find it amazing, I gave it five fucking stars. And I think, I think it is, it might be my favorite action sci-fi to exist currently, which is a bold statement, I guess. But I know because Starship Troopers is out there. Yeah, but like this, it's not just even the story or the gore. It, dude, the camera work. Holy shit. Oh, yeah, no, it's very impressive. Holy shit. It's that, a very impressive movie. The fucking cinematography was banana sandwich. So I was so utterly blown away and flabbergasted by this movie. And even that ending, I was just like, mind, mind exploded. Because uh, not you know, it, it also wrapped everything up nicely. Well, in, in, in the nicest way possible, but it made sense for the movie. And it was just, it was such a fucking ride. Holy shit. So if you haven't seen Upgrade, I, it's already in my cart to buy. <laughs> like, I want to own that physically. I want to show it. I told Gabby, I was like, we have to watch this like immediately. It is one of the wildest movies you'll ever see. Uh, that's a great one. I already said I watched Escape from New York. Uh, me and Gabby did a Back to the Future marathon the other day because I haven't watched the trilogy in like, I haven't watched it since I've had Letterboxd, and that's been since 2019, so shame on me for having the 4Ks for that long and not watching them. Uh, so those are those are, those are are a good time, and then we're going to watch Lord of the Rings next. We're just doing we're doing trilogies, man. The extended editions? Oh, yeah. I bought the extended editions uh, a little while back. And then, uh, this isn't horror, but for the first time, I saw Aaron Brockovich the other day. Gabby. The movie's amazing. The movie's fucking awesome. I, was, I never really cared about Julia Roberts. Like, I know she's a good actress, but I never was like, ooh, I got to watch everything she's ever done. I loved her in this. She was foul-mouthed. She didn't take shit from anybody. She was fucking so amazing in this movie, and it's based on a real story. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it's based on that. Yeah, Aaron Brockovich is a real person. And, and she looked solid. Yeah. Uh, like, dude, I don't even care. Dude, the movie was so good. I, I can't believe it's it's 23 years old, and yeah. I, yeah, I hadn't seen it. So, uh, Well, you it's know. not one of those movies you're like, you know what I, I haven't seen? Hmm. Aaron, Aaron Brockovich. Brockovich. <laughs> it's not one of those movies where you're like, you know what I want to watch tonight? Aaron Brockovich. That's true. But, Ga- you know, Gabby has a very, like, uh, very good taste in movies, I'd say, 90% of the time. Every once in a while, she'll throw me one, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know this? what else is a really good one? It's a rom-com, and I, I'm sure Gabby has seen it, but uh, it's with Richard Gere and her uh, Runaway Bride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's she, a good one. She, yeah, she, so since I, I told her since I, I pretty much come like take over October for 31 Days of Horror, I was like, how about this? Because, you know, she kind of, it kind of gets a lot for her sometimes. I'm like, all right, if I can have October, you can have February, and we'll do rom-coms all month. And she's like... Oh my god. That's solid. Yeah, so I was like, I don't mind because you're she, in for it, but that's solid. No, I mean she's dude, she's shown me a lot of rom coms. Dude, there are a lot of good ones out There's there. There's a lot of good ones. Uh, we just watched You've Got Mail the other day. I fucking love it. For that the movie. first time for you? No, no, no. Oh no. no, she showed me that a couple years I ago. I was about the audible gasp. <laughs> no, she showed me that one. Let's see. Sir. <laughs> I've watched it three times. She showed me that one for the first time and August 15, twenty twenty was the first time I watched it. Uh, so still recently, but yeah, we watch that one just about every year. It's, it's a, a great movie. One. That's a good one. Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan doesn't get better than that. Um, so yeah, she's gonna she's gonna take over February for rom coms, and that's gonna be very interesting. She's got some really good picks that I'm excited for. She better pick the Notebook. No, I've I've expressed to her I will never watch that movie. What? I will never watch. What that is movie. wrong with that? I will never watch that movie. Why? I've gone this long. I just I don't I don't I don't want to. I have no interest in watching that movie. I'm offended. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, I'm sorry, Ryan Reynolds. You can't save that movie for Ryan me. Ryan Reynolds isn't even in that movie. It's Gosselin, first of all. Get it right. Oh, see, then there you go. But I wasn't talking about who was in it, but Rachel McAdams is also in it. True. But that wasn't, it's just a really. That'll probably be the movie I watch right before I die. I'll just be like, I made it this far. Let's just get it over with. And then I just pass away peacefully. It's like one of the, <laughs> and I don't care sharing this part of information about my life, but it's one of the only rom-coms where I cry every time I watch it. Is it a Nora Ephron too? No. Oh, okay. No, it's the not. way you said that no. was disgust. I don't no. like. I'm not a fan of her. <laughs> you like? You've got mail though. Okay, but like, but like that's because Tom Hanks and Meg, and Meg Ryan. Ryan. If it was anybody else that were like not g- good chemistry together, I'd be like, fuck that movie. Those are like one of the celebrities I'm mad as not a real couple in real life. Like Jim and Pam from The Office are. It's like one of my top ones, and then it's Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks from You've Got Mail. Like, why? Why can't they be together in real life? God damn it! Right. I'm still slightly annoyed that uh, Kate Winslet and. Uh, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio aren't together in real life, but they're best friends, so I'll accept it. I'll accept it. it. I'll accept it. But like <laughs> Tom, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan were like the it chemistry for like the the nineties, early two thousands. Because I yeah. think what well, you got mail came out in two thousand one. 
Or you got or mail? 99? Uh, it was 1998. Oh, I was close. Sleepless in Seattle was close around that, and then they did another one as well. But So, yes, this year's going to be very exciting for themed months and just watching new movies. Um, and speaking of new movies, for me, let's get on to this movie. You have seen this. I have not seen this. Um, well, until recently, of course. Do what? Until recently, of course. Well, yes, yeah, but I'm saying before this uh, episode... I had not seen this movie, so this is a first-time watch for me. It is Lovely Molly from 2011. This was released on May 18th of 2012 as a limited run in the U.S. Rated R for moderate sex and nudity, which really, I feel like that should be severe. There is a lot of nudity in this movie. But uh, it wasn't sexual. Except uh, yeah, one, that's scene, true, one yeah. scene was sexual, the other, I wouldn't say artistic, but the other scene was just, it was just there. Yeah, that's true. So, so I, That makes I, sense. If that specific sex scene was was multiple times, I'll agree with you. But yeah. it was just that was probably. I, 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 I always forget that if it's not sexualized, then it's not really. Yeah, that just, makes sense. Just like a PG thirteen movie can have the word "fuck" more than once as long as it's not sexualized. Yeah, these rules: uh, moderate violence and gore, moderate profanity, moderate alcohol, drugs, and smoking, and no frightening and intense scenes, which I find to be incorrect. IMDb <sighs> incorrect. There's a couple pretty fucking intense scenes, man. We'll get to them. But there, there's a few. I, I guess the way, I, I mean, I mean, I agree with you, but I guess the way the movie went, it, was, it wasn't as intense as it was just like, oh, okay. At least yeah. to me, at least to me, I didn't see it. Like, I mean, I agree, I can agree with that, but like, you know, it, it didn't have the suspenseful type of intense behind it. Versus, yeah. So take like a scene that's intense and level it up with the music. And now you have that intense. This was just, I'm, the just, I'm just surprised that it's not at least mild. I was like, no frightening and intense scenes. Weird. But I digress. We'll get to the uh, spooky parts that I thought were spooky. Uh, runtime of an hour and 39 minutes listed as a drama horror directed by the man himself, Eduardo Sanchez. 25 directing credits also did the original Blair Witch Project, um, Altered. And he also did a segment from VHS2 called A Ride in the Park. And then, of course, he did one of my favorite creature features, if not my favorite creature feature of all time, exists. Is that the Bigfoot one you showed me? The Bigfoot found footage one? Yeah. Yeah, that's I love one you that. Me? Yeah, I, I love that movie. Yeah, it's funny because in the Blair Witch, he goes, it's it's all tell, no show, and then exists is just all show. Like, I fucking love it. He completely did a 180 on that. Uh, written by James Nash, 19 writing credits, also helped write Altered and a Ride in the Park segment from VHS2, as well as exists. And then Eduardo Sanchez helped write this as well, who also did the Blair Witch Project, Altered and exists. This was produced by nine people who have been involved in most of his movies, but one of them stands out amongst the pack, and that is Mark Ordesky, who has 33 producer credits and also did Critters 3 and 4, all three Lord of the Rings movies, uh, as the executive producer, so like very high up producer, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning, uh, The Golden Compass, and The Frozen Ground. So that is a huge producer, and that's probably why this movie looks as good as it does. Uh, composed by someone named Tortoise, and this is his, her, their, I don't know, only composing. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if it's, it, there's no picture on IMDb. This is their only fucking credit. So I'm Last like. Last time I checked, a tortoise is an animal. <laughs> this is this animal's only composing credit. Very impressive, too, by the way. Don't know how they nabbed a tortoise. Uh, cinematography by a man named John W. Rutland. 43 cinematography credits. Also did uh, the cinematography for Exists. And the segment five, I believe that's Roman numeral for, where's my fucking pen? Uh, for ABCs of Death. And then he also did the cinematography por for Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension, um, which is not really a strong movie, but it does look good. And then uh, edited by Eduardo Sanchez, who also edited Blair Witch Project, VHS2 segment, and exists. So Eduardo Sanchez wrote, directed, and edited this movie. That is a crazy combination. Good for him. Um, we've got... Gretchen Lodge as Molly, who has 11 acting credits, was also in some shorts and a couple movies that I did not recognize. And then we have Johnny Lewis as Tim. This is going to get crazy here for a second because I'm not going to read all this. I'm going to give you the highlights. But he has 33 acting credits, was also in Alien vs. Predator Requiem as Ricky, One Miss Call as Brian Sosa, and 26 episodes of Sons of Anarchy as oh, yeah. Kip Halfstack, quote-unquote, Epps. Uh, sack, not stack. Oh, Stack, sorry. No, no, no. His name in the show is Half Sack. Oh, I guess I added a T in yeah, there. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, this was also his third to last film, unfortunately, as he passed away in 2012 at the very young age at 28. So back in 2011, he suffered head injuries from a motorcycle, and immediately uh, thereafter, his thinking and behavior took a serious turn. He was arrested multiple times, one of them for breaking into his neighbor's home, and he was beaten violently by that person like 17 times. 
So that made his head injury even worse. Um, and then in late 2012, he was admitted into Ridgeview, a drug rehab center, because he had a drug problem as well. Um, and then, do do do. And then August, he tragically accepted the DA's offer to serve just a couple more days in jail in exchange for his freedom. The couple days became nearly two months during which he suffered additional abuse and a violent downturn in spirits and health. And he finally, and finally released in late September, he died in a sad and disturbing circumstances on December or September 26, like 2012. Like, damn, dude. Like, holy shit. I was like, this poor fucking guy. He gets in a car, a motorcycle accident. And then from that accident, it just like completely spirals down. Like, that is so fucking upsetting because he is a great, he, or he was a great actor. Like, he was. Oh, yeah, he was. He was. He was, he was when he was, was on Southern Anarchy, he was, he was a. Yeah. Was a good, so I read all that. I read all that. I'm like, good God, that's so sad. Yeah. Like, holy cow, that poor guy. Um, and then we have uh, Alexandra Holden as Hannah. She has 65 acting credits, was also in Drop Dead Gorgeous as Mary Johansson, The Hot Chick as Lulu, and Dead End as Marion Harrington. And then last but not least, we've got Ken Arnold as Samuels, 85 acting credits, was also in Men in Black 3 as Buzz Aldrin, and a slew of TV shows for one episode. Uh, estimated budget was $1 million. Box office gross was 638000 This was filmed in Hagerston, or Hagerstown, Maryland. You can watch this fucking literally nowhere except your voodoo. I don't think you want to give everybody a password for that. No, I, but, uh, but I mean, the fact that it's all my voodoo, you can rent it or buy it on I voodoo. I was so upset, too. I was like, Spencer, it's not I was like, it's on Amazon. I can't even rent it. And you're like, I have it on my voodoo. I was like, oh, Spencer for the win. Thank uh -huh. God. Uh, but you can get an Amazon. Yes, an Amazon. You can get a Blu-ray off Amazon for 10 doll hairs of this movie. Movies that came out around the same time, going off the 2012 limited release, we have The Avengers, Mother's Day by um, Darren Lynn Bowsman. Dark Shadows, The Dictator, Moonrise Kingdom, Piranha 3 Double D, Heyo, uh, Men in Black 3, Chernobyl Diaries, Prometheus, Snow White and the Huntsman, and Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted. Um, we will get to horror moments and kills later into the episode because they're probably going to be spoilers. I think I'm just going to take out favorite and least favorite character because I just don't care about that anymore. I don't know. Uh, but we have the IMDb summary. Newlyweds Molly and Tim move into her deceased father's house in the countryside where painful memories soon begin to haunt her. So um, real quick, overall thoughts of the movie. Um, what, like, what did you think of the camera work slash cinematography of, of said movie? Well, uh, like, so uh, well, going into it this time, obviously not the first time, but going into this time, I knew that the director wanted to do more of a documentary style movie but i guess the way you know the limited release and everything made it not difficult but i i i guess he changed his mind in a way so like when he did like throughout the movie it's like half and half in a way yeah yeah which i really really enjoyed which well, yeah i i liked it too once you know once we found out what the fuck was going on because at first i was like why <laughs> I, like I, I was questioning myself like why like i mean like even that that opening scene i'm like okay well weird but okay and then and then it went on i'm like okay it makes more sense and so I, I enjoyed that, of course, um, and knowing the fact that he wanted to do the movie mostly documentary style, but I guess he settled on doing bits and pieces of it, like like more core plot moments. Uh, that style I thought was really cool. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting way to do that because it started off, you know, POV style, and I was like, I don't think this is a full POV movie, but I'll be very happy if it is. But all the uh, documentary POV style of like 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 scenes in the movie were all. We're all plot devices, but also yeah. like until the movie ended, you literally had no idea why that was even, those shots were even being done that way. So the whole movie, like the mystery of like, why the fuck is this happening? Why the fuck is that happening? You don't know until it's ended, and you're like, this makes a lot of sense. Why all this is happening? Yeah. So I, I feel the same way. I think the camera work was very well done. Um, so so I, I I liked I liked that that he incorporated. He, he didn't get to fully do what he wanted, but he incorporated a little bit of what he wanted to do, so he didn't fully have to like. Uh, I guess cave to what the production producers wanted or, right, or, or yeah. whatnot. Cause you know, I mean, it wasn't a big production, but you know, you know, production interference, you know, uh, screws over the cinematography of, of things all the time. Yeah. Uh, I agree with the camera work. I think it was very well done. I liked them, the cut-ins of P cause you know, it's Eduardo Sanchez. He, he, he likes him, him, him some found footage style, uh, score overall. I thought was pretty solid. That wasn't, there wasn't much of a score, but the score that was there was creepy, dark, ominous. I, I quite enjoyed that. Um, and then uh, acting, I feel I feel like the performance is I mean, for, for the most part is a pre pretty strong acting. Yeah, I, I had no problems with anybody. I thought they really gave it their all. 
uh, especially, you know, Molly's character, like Gretchen Lodge. I think she did a fantastic job at portraying someone who was dealing with obviously some repressed memories and also possible possession uh, that's kind of unclear, but we'll get there. Um, so, yeah. And then the story overall, I feel it, it's it almost felt so familiar, but also so different because it deals with personal demons and stuff like that. So it's a very familiar beat. Which but for that, it was, yeah, familiar. But the way they went about it and the things that went down were definitely something we haven't seen before. Yeah. And then the ending, uh, we won't spoil yet, but uh, the ending was just, holy shit, I, I really didn't see that coming at all. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it wound up very nicely. Uh, I understood it. I did look at the trivia uh, things just to figure out what the thing and was. And I only actually mentioned that to you because that's how I realized what the fuck was going on my first watch. Because after yeah. I watched it the first time, I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck I just watched. Yeah. I have an idea, but I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know why this happened. And then, you know, I always go on IMDb anyways, and they're, you know, they have a spoiler uh, section. I'm like, well, I already saw the movie, so spoil it. I don't fucking care. Spoil it. And then they said it, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck me. That's, that's yep, there it is. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah, there you go. And that's all I needed. I needed that little bit of a spoil IMDb did. I'm like, okay, cool. You Nailed know what? It. Got it. Good. Yeah. So overall, I think this is just a, a very well just production. Ba- like production wise, it was just very well done. Um, so let's move on to the actual movie here. Um, so the opening is uh, pretty interesting. It literally opens with POV camera shot um, and it's all timestamped. And I fucking love the fact that all the POV shots are timestamped. So you literally have a timeline of events yep you start with um i believe it was 10 16 was the first shot of molly and she says whatever happened it wasn't me uh it's done i'm not in control and she holds a knife to her neck and breaks down and then she says it won't let me do it as in it won't let me kill myself and that sets the tone for the rest of the movie especially once you get to the ending of the movie and you realize what's actually going on it makes so much sense on why they opened it like that. And then they just completely switch directions and they, they go to Molly and Tim's wedding because they are a married couple. And this is their wedding. They've got family. The pastor's there. They're having a good time. Um, and then right after that, it goes to them moving into their country home. And uh, it, it's a very creepy place. You know, it's it's in the middle of nowhere, it seems. It was their father's house. And both both of Molly's parents are dead now. And um, so it's it's kind of like I was already uncomfortable. I was like, I don't even want to be that far out in the country. Like it already makes you know, Tim is also a truck driver, which leaving Molly at home for days at a time like f- fuck that. Like I'm, I don't want to even I don't want to do that. So I, I really like the setting right off the bat because it was out in the middle of nowhere, isolated. And now Molly's left alone. And you also learn throughout the movie she had an addiction to I, don't, I, th- I assume it was heroin. That's what she was shooting up. Well, yeah, but but she also, you know, she also did, uh, you know, when she said that she uh, she smoked a little weed on her on her birthday. Uh, yes. the husband was like, uh, "You shouldn't be doing that." So I, I, heroin was probably the main culprit, but I just want to, I, I feel like just as a, all just drugs. Yeah, um, but because yeah, you eventually see her shooting up, but uh, so she's got a history of drugs, and um, we also learn too she's got a history of like kind of like a psychotic break. She had a rough childhood. And I kind of just immediately assumed it was probably something her father did when they were younger. And it's not fully explained, but it's very heavily implied what happened to them um, because her sister is also in this movie. Her name's Hannah. They work at the same, like, what, like a grocery store or whatever that is. I mean, I, I guess something like, like that. when she's at work, they're all, it's always tight shots. So you can't really tell, but you could probably assume by, by the attire they're wearing. Yeah. So they, they're very close. They still, they still are very close, like sibling wise. And, uh, Hannah is pretty much like her protector in this movie. But, uh, the movie kind of starts off, you know, they, they immediately, once they get into the house, they've been there for a couple of months. Uh, the alarm goes off one night and this is what kicks off the entire chain of events because they'd been there for about three months. They installed the security system about a month ago because, you know, he's, he's on the road, he's a trucker. So he wanted to make sure Molly was safe. And, you know, they call the, they, the, the cops end up coming to the house because they hear footsteps downstairs and creaking and cracking and the door back door is just wide open. And he's like, I know I fucking locked that door, but for some reason it's open. And the cops like, you know, just, just make sure you're locking shit. You know, it can happen. There's also, there was also, they said there were kids out there that used to play around the house when it was vacant. So it could just be kids as well. But, um, then we keep getting these interjected POV shots and you don't know who's, you did you have a suspicion on who it was? Because I I thought it was Molly. The second 
POV shot of that particular area, yes. The first time, I had no idea, no. Oh, when she goes into the cellar or whatever? Yes. Yeah, so there's a really, yeah, and it's really weird because it, I, I wasn't sure if it was her or not because there's a POV shot of her going into the cellar and there's like this horse head thing down there and there's like this creepy growling and she's humming like this just pleasant song and you're like is, is this molly or is this like a demon or something or does this have nothing to do with what or, we think or is this is just this fucking else? is this just filler you do find out it is you know molly doing all these um and so that makes it even creepier but yeah all those weird noises down there and then and then it just cuts off and uh it just you know it goes back and forth with pov shots of kind of creepy things and then going back to regular style filming. And I, I, I usually I don't like that. Usually I'm not like I'm usually like fucking pick one. But in this, I feel like it worked so well. Well, it's because they didn't dwell on the POV. They, they I want to say they gave us maybe every time you did the POV, they gave us maybe 20 seconds. Yeah. Just enough to further a mystery. Yeah, that's true. It's just it is just it was so well done. And uh, I'm usually like I said, I'm usually upset when directors try to do that. But since they did it this way, I was very impressed. Uh, we get this very odd scene where um, Molly goes into this room. It's their old room. There's two beds. Molly and Hannah used to, I guess that used to be their room. And she hears like this whimpering and grunting and you keep hearing this shit all throughout the movie and you don't really know what it is. And then and then eventually she hears that that kid crying in the middle of the night out of nowhere and she goes into the closet and like reaches her hand out towards the child and, and then it just cuts off and you're just like what what the fuck what the fuck is going on they don't explain really anything until like it's to the last i don't know 10 15 minutes or so so you're kind of left left to guess and even the ending you kind of had to kind of put together yourself which is which is fine if you do it right I think. Unless, unless i mean they do give there is one without saying anything they do give one hint during the movie of what is going on, but unless you don't know certain things, you're not. Unless you know certain things, you're not going to know that hint was there. But right. now that we know what those are, we we know that quick subtle hint that they give us, just randomly, like it's not even something we're thinking about. It's just it's there, and then they go on about the movie. Yep, it's a very it's a very smart movie. It really is. Um, so going back to the POV shots, there's a. Uh, Again, you're just assuming it's Molly at this point or, or or someone because it's you know POV style. And it gets really weird because she goes to what I assume is like a neighbor's house and she's like peering in the windows, looking at this woman and her two kids. And, uh, and then it just, again, it just cuts off and it cuts to the next day where Tim's coming home. Molly's just completely naked in the room, staring up into the corner and looks at Tim and's like, he's alive. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I'm assuming she's talking about her dad because... Who else is going to be alive that would be in the house other than her dad? Um, and then she, you know, she goes on to say that she doesn't remember what happens when she goes through these things. And she's like, are, are you using again? You know, are, are you what's going on? And she's like, I smoked a joint, but that's it. So obviously at that point, it's, it's interjected that she did have a hard drug problem or some sort of addiction. And um, he's worried about her well-being, especially with him being gone. Yeah. For multiple days out of the, you know, I would be worried, too. Um, and, you know, he, of course... <laughs> Of course, Tim's like, so who is he that you were talking about? No answer. Just completely ignores that question. And then they go off to church for a night to try to get out of the house. Uh, but this is where it really starts to spiral downwards because the next day while looking through a photo album, she finds an old teddy bear and then she reaches inside of it, pulls out a spoon and a needle. And I'm like, okay, yes, we can confirm that you have a heroin addiction or had a heroin addiction. They don't explain where she eventually gets the drugs from, which is weird but you have to assume, I mean, she's got to know someone. She's done it before, so she probably had old connections or uh, or something. Or it was just, you know, maybe she just had a stash in that house and it was still there. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then it really starts to go downhill here because while she's at work and she's not looking too hot, and even the manager notices, like, you should probably go home. You look sick. She's like, no, I'll just work in the back. It's fine. So she's taking out the trash, and on her way back in, she hears this thud behind her, turns around, and something is humming, and it is so fucking unsettling. Just, like, the the deep, dark humming, and then it's like, starts singing Molly, lovely Molly, and I'm like, fuck no, and you hear, like, hoof steps as well. It was so unsettling. But then again, fucking just cuts off. It just cuts and goes to another POV shot. And you're like, what the fuck? I don't understand. Um, and then when when you finally find out what happens to Molly, it's her boss showing her footage from her taking the trash out. And it's not what we were shown. Molly puts herself up against the wall and is forcibly raped by an, 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 an unseen thing. 
Yep. It's just slamming her up against the wall, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then it, it erupts from there. She starts yelling at the manager. She, you know, she he, he kicks her out. She's like, you need to go. You need to get out of here. Um, but she's just as confused as he is um, because she, she didn't even, like, we didn't even see that. So I'm, it's just, I'm assuming it's just one of those blackout things where she can't remember what happened. Uh, but she ends up laughing about it, which I found was crazy. Uh, because he was asking her, you know, what what was that? She's like, I don't fucking know, dude. I've, I'm I'm seeing this for the first time as well. Um, and then we go more POV shots again, cutting back in with that, and it's the little girl. Uh, it's the same woman. She keeps going to their house and filming this this woman with her two kids. And one of the kids, the young girl, actually sees her, stops dead in her tracks, and then she just like zooms into her eye. And I was like, it's probably not gonna go well for that little girl. I just got a weird vibe immediately. I was like, why do I feel like something bad is gonna happen with that? Um, and then, it, dude, this, when I say this movie is fucking unhinged, I don't think you understand how fucking crazy this shit gets because she she invites Pastor Bobby over, and that whole scene I was completely uncomfortable with. <laughs> I was completely uncomfortable with because she's being very provocative towards this pastor, flashing her underwear, and is like, do you miss having sex? But she says, do you miss fucking? I was like, whoa, like, this is a pastor you're talking to. She's drinking and smoking in front of him, and I'm like, this is really fucking weird. Um, and then he storms out of the house because... He, he obviously misses it. Well he, well, he obviously misses it and is also very un- uncomfortable. Like, it's kind of weird for her to do that. And then this is when she, she we see her on camera shoot up. And the movie at this point for me, it's fucking spiraling out of control. I'm going to go ahead and say right here is when we're going to talk into spoilers. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, go check out the timestamps in the description of this episode and skip to, you know, whenever it says. I'm not sure when it'll be because I don't know how long we'll be talking about it. But we're going to talk about some bad reviews after this. So I'll say this is where we should. Yeah, this is definitely going to be spoilers because at this point. Hannah, or sorry, uh, Molly is completely manic and going through what what seems to me like a psychotic break. Um, you don't really know what's going on. She's, she claims she's being followed. This thing will not leave her alone. You still are unsure. Like, what did you think it was at this point? Like, because she keeps saying he, so you keep thinking it's her father. But like, and that's what I thought. I was like, is she just seeing, is she just hallucinating her dead father? Like, that's so, kind of what I thought. So, okay, we're... we're- Allowed spoiler. Yes. Right? Okay. Well, yes. We're we're in spoiler territory. I 100 wanted to make sure before I said some shit. Yes, we are in spoiler territory. So, Dad, yes, because throughout like little bits, like uh, interactions with with her and her, I almost said daughter, Jesus, her her, her sister, <laughs> sister. They mention that, and she even says like, "I know why you did that to Dad." Yeah. And right there, we still don't know what at the moment, but now we know it's Dad. And of course, you know, with the unsettling sounds and the hooves, like, okay, horse. I see, because I, no one else, no other, like, thing will trot like that unless it's, like, fucking, like, goat. But, like. I was thinking, like, Baphomet, like a Baphomet style goat. You know, you've got the hooves, you've got the. You got, I, at first, like, I think my first watch, like, it's, it's been years, but, like, yeah. I, I, my first watch, I'm like, okay, this is some type of satanic devil shit. Which, Exa- okay. Exactly. So I was thinking a goat because goat is the devil's pet and they have hooves. So yeah, I was thinking. Oh, yeah. I, so my first watch, I was thinking. Hooves. Yeah. Hooves. Goat. Okay, goat. <laughs> but as my first watch progressed, I was like, okay, there's no way this, this is definitely a horse or something of that caliber. Like, uh, like maybe for some reason they're going folklore with a unicorn. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but I thought a type of horse. Like, I, yeah. So, so then now, you know, this is I probably my second or third watch. I don't know, but it, I've definitely not seen it more than three times. Yeah. Um. So, so then as they go with it, you know, Things after with the pastor stuff like that, and 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 then now we're getting into more territory. I think now we're getting into like what exactly it is because, like I said, she mentions to to her her sister. I'm glad you did what you did to dad, and and then that's like same conversation. You find out like like you kind of like realize okay, so they were both. I guess like you get the feeling they were both abused, but but maybe or or Molly was getting physically and sexually abused. Hence the invisible rape yeah that's what you assume but they never ex- they never explain it they never necessarily explain it yes but i think with with that i mean it's yeah. just a ptsd you can't get rid of no matter how hard you try yeah so it might just be man it might just be manifesting in her uh older age as kind of like a trauma response to suppressing it yes. for so long yeah yeah so yeah. so and, and regardless of like who's doing it like you put a different face to it to make it less traumatizing i guess i mean i don't know i've i've not been in that situation so i can't really say that's exactly what that's just what i, I yeah, read well, yeah it's just spe- it's spe- yeah we're i mean we're speculating at this yes. point to what makes sense to us and still um, by the time this movie ended the things that we saw 
I still felt that that was like what she put for like when uh, the at, at the end when uh, the sister's looking at the the uh, I, I just the family photo book I suppose yeah, yeah. And, and all of it's the, the same one that she, uh, Molly was looking at earlier yeah and you see you see all of these heads being replaced with the with with a horse her, her dad's heads yes yeah with a horse so so now we know she's she, she something happened abused by with her dad and she's just trying to manifest her dad's face with a horse now which is what makes sense with the hooves and apparently she got raped by a horse i guess like like she got raped by her dad who's a horse i guess is what is what she's repressing i, I guess that's what i got from it which I guess she was just like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to see my dad's face on this, but this is clearly what he did. I'm thinking that the, the, cause the thing at the end of the movie that you see is literally, it looks like a Baphomet style creature. It's got hooves. It's got a horse head and it's a, it's supposed to resemble this demon or Ouroboros or Aerobus who in demonology, I, I would say Ouroboros. I think that's yeah. how you say it. Ouroboros who in demonology is described as a great prince of hell. So I'm thinking in my in my mind, in my opinion, it, I think that she was always either possessed or 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 chased by this entity, and she confused it for it being her dad, or or maybe the maybe maybe the demon possessed her dad back when she was younger because she was too innocent, you know, and it possessed her dad to do these evil things, and now that he's dead, it's coming after her because at the end of the movie, when Molly's gone, because she goes with the fucking demon creature into the woods. Molly's sister Hannah reaches into the fucking closet and the movie cuts. So I think this fucking demon is just taking over their lives. Like the takes over the dad's life and possesses him. Now he's dead. Now he's taking over Molly's life and possessing her. Cause she did a whole bunch of evil things. Yeah. And now it's hinted to me that the demon is trying to go after Hannah now because she's the only living person left that she can go living after. Family, I guess, so yeah. that's my thing. I think it's like almost a hereditary style possession just going down the line of this entire family until they're fucking wiped out. That's what I took away from it. I mean, I mean, that, I mean, like I said, that could be too. I just, in my head, I, I like, I think I was just trying to wrap like, like, if that was the the case, like why even add a rape scene? Like like you can possess somebody without raping them. So I assumed her trauma came from her dad in a way, and she was trying to replace her dad's face with something else. And because of the item she sees in the movie later, like earlier on, uh, she maybe uh, like that's the whatever I forgot the name, but like the name we were just saying is she was probably picturing that was being possessing. Well, that was doing what it was doing, but like she does have PTSD from trauma with her dad because after you know you 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 she says to her 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 sister, I don't blame you for what you did to dad. Later on, you find out that her sister killed her dad. Yeah. So why? W- so now you're thinking of motive. Why would a little girl? Because this was years ago, obviously when dad was still alive. Why would another little girl or just anybody sibling kill their parent? Probably because what someone's getting abused and someone doesn't want to, like and someone's going to step up and do something about it. So what I took away is the father abused Molly, maybe even both of them, uh, but the father abused Molly and uh, Hannah. That's her name, right? Hannah. This yeah. Name, was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm done with this. Stop hurting my sister and done. Well, yeah, but I'm saying I think I think that exact thing. I'm just saying I think the, the demon possessed the father to do horrible, unspeakable things. Oh, and, oh, okay. Yeah, because because it also takes hold of Molly and she kills people as well. So my my thing is that since the demon was possessing her, at least I'm assuming that it was possessing her in some instance because it's talking to her. She hears things only she can see it, and she kills people for this thing. That I'm assuming that the demon possessed her father, and her father, under possession of this demon, did all these unspeakable things to these poor children against his will. And then he eventually died, and now the thing is coming after Molly. Molly is, I assume, dead or is at least with the demon now, and now it's going after Hannah. That I don't know. So it's like a little bit of what you're saying, of what we're both saying. Like yeah, I, I'm pretty, right. I'm pretty sure the dad did terrible things. Probably involving some sort of molesting. Yeah. And that's what she's repressed. So I, that's just what I'm taking away from it. And that's what I love about this movie is it's kind of up to your interpretation to put the pieces together. So that's what makes the most sense to me. But I mean, just watching this movie, it, seriously, I, I keep saying this, but it was just, it just kept spiraling out of control. Every time I was like, okay, we're going to level off. It just got worse and worse and worse. And it just eventually just was completely unhinged. And it's such a interesting look into 
you know, because they eventually, you know, they go to the doctor eventually, and he's like, you know, here's some medication to help her, like, knock her out. If she continues this behavior, you know, you need to go see a psychiatric, go get psychiatric help. But they've already hinted at her doing that because Hannah's like, you know, Hannah and Tim get into an argument after she bites his face, which was fucking my horror moment. <laughs> Holy shit. She just latches onto his face when they're kissing and does not let go and then just yeets him down the stairs and stabs him in the back of the head with a fucking screwdriver. Like, that was all horrific. Um, but Hannah mentions to Tim when they're fighting about, like, Tim's like, I have to take her to get help. She's like, no, you can't do that. She's already been through enough with that. So that hinted at she went to a psychiatric care earlier when she was having trouble with trauma or PTSD or something and they fucked her up in there. Um, so he's like, I don't want to take her back to that. And even it, Molly at one point is like, Hannah, she's like, don't let me be like, essentially like, don't let me be committed again. Like, don't do that to me. So it's just whole power struggle between Tim, Hannah and Molly wanting to keep her best interest in mind, but also she's going through some crazy shit right now. So what is actually best for her? Like, do, do you try to just reel it in and keep her safe? Or do you just, you know, do you, do you also, get psychiatric I wonder, help? I wonder if, I wonder if, if Molly didn't catch Tim and the neighbor, if he would have survived the movie. Oh yeah. Cause you have that whole thing too. After the incident with, um, and it was an unintentional, like she just found out. Yeah. Because after he bites, or after she bites him, he goes to the neighbor's house that she's been filming, the mother with the two kids, and then you see her go down on him, and she, Molly's filming the whole comes home to that camera playing that scene with the earrings right next to it, and she bashes him over the head, to, and then, oh yeah, and then takes him down to the basement. So, and, so yeah. I really wonder if he could have survived this whole ordeal if if he wasn't a piece of shit at the end of it. Yeah, because that uh, that seemed to correlate with exactly how he died. Because if, yeah. if you think about it, too, the... Uh, the uh the pastor i'm not saying he was a piece of shit but like he came back to sin yeah he came back because you, at, when 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 uh tim is at that lady's house you know, getting head uh you see someone pull up to molly's house and you assume it's tim and molly walks out butt ass naked like full frontal and then bobby gets out of the car and then just immediately goes down on her i'm like what the fuck <laughs> what the fuck is happening in this movie and then she kills him with a screwdriver to the back of the head and fucking bite marks all over the place like this movie is so wildly unhinged i was not expecting this so you did a great job at picking this movie because i fucking thoroughly enjoyed it um I'm gonna if there's if you have any final thoughts, let's go ahead and get them out now. I want to get to our uh, bad reviews. Oh no, I'm good. I got I got everything I want cool. to say. Cool. So yeah, this movie is is truly. I, I feel it's very criminally underrated on Letterbox. I mean, it has a 2.8, so that's not bad. But man, this this it's, is. I mean, it's not a well known movie. I'm not. I'm not maybe, saying. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not saying I know all the movies in the world, but not even I knew this existed. Yeah. So maybe that's why it's just un not well known, but I'm glad you picked it. I'm glad we're talking about it. I want people to see this movie. I want people to tell me what they thought about this movie. Um, so that is Lovely Molly from 2011. I'm going to write this last timestamp down here. And we are done with the spoilers. No more spoilers. Um, there's a couple things I wrote down for trivia, but honestly, I don't even find them that entertaining. Uh, there's no goofs. Well, there's one bit of trivia I thought was interesting. The, reason, uh, the, the change of the title. Change the of change the title. It's the, it's the oh, okay, yeah. Trivia. So the original title for this movie was "The Possession." The title was later changed after the filmmakers found out about the traditional Irish folk song "Lovely Molly" in post-production. And honestly, if they would have named it "The Possession," that would have it would have made you would have been able to connect the dots more about it being a demonic possession. So I'm glad they didn't do that because then it's kind of just up to your interpretation again. So that is pretty cool. Yeah. The also, this was kind of folklore, so like it, it, it tracks. Definitely folklore. Um. So yeah, "Lovely Molly" is an actual song. You can go listen to that if you'd like. Somewhere probably YouTube. So uh, no goofs. Rated five point three out of ten on IMDb. Two point eight out of five on Letterboxd. Has a forty five percent on the Tomato Meter and a thirty two percent audience score. I gave it a four. I give it a three point five. I fucking love this movie. If you want to watch movies that are similar to this, according to Letterboxd, we have Oculus, Hereditary, The Haunting of Hill House Show, The Conjuring, and The Shining. And then according to IMDb, similar movies are Altered, The Possession of Michael King, A Hundred Feet, Dread, and Honeymoon. Um, so I could see Honeymoon. I haven't seen that one. That's a good one. Oh, okay. Um, so let's get on to our bad reviews here. And um, yeah, so you, let's, you, have, you pull up yours over there and I'll pull up mine. Actually, mine are on the screen, so I'll, I'll let you start. How many did you have? I, have, I think I have four. Uh, I mean, I, I got five. Okay, so I'll let you go first. What is, the, what is the first funny review that you found and where was it from? What do you mean by where was it from? Well, like Letterboxd. Oh, I, I got them all from Letterboxd. Okay, yeah, same. <laughs> oh, I just thought it was just the easiest. Yeah. 
Uh, so this one's just two stars, and which you know I think is funny because you know I would have probably said something similar. Just, she really wasn't that lovely. <laughs> I'm like, actually, like that's a fact. Like, those are, I, funny enough, four out of five of these actually correlate with each other. Oh, that's Weird, great. Weirdly, okay. I got a two. All of mine are from Letterbox as well. I got a two star from Mohalla Noir beer emoji rock on emoji that just says poop. <laughs> just poop. All right, what do, you, what do you got? All right, well, this is three stars, but it didn't have a heart, so I assume this person didn't really like it. <laughs> or maybe, I don't know. Her care and hair frightens me so. <laughs> and to be honest, yes. She does have care. It works for her, though, but yeah. like, she does have care and hair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I got a two-star from Will Whitehead that says, I think I've seen all the good American horror movies, Sad Face, and I have to say, you're probably incorrect, sir. Um, well, I mean, at the time this came out, maybe I don't, I don't know. Maybe, 2011. Yeah. I mean, I mean, at the time, like who knows? <laughs> What's your next? All one? right, so this one correlates with my first one. Two stars. She's not lovely at all. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I have a one star from Emmy that says that was one loud camera and quite a bit of pointless nudity. I kind of have to agree on pointless nudity, but what the fuck did they mean by loud camera? I don't even understand what that means. Like, the um, P- like the POV shots? No. So, so like, uh. And, and I can, me owning this on Blu-ray, I, I think maybe it's just the difference in the type of surround sound you had versus me, but you can hear the camera, a lot of this quiet oh, shots, huh. because it's so low budget, like it's, it's you know, it's so low budget. I hear that in a lot of low budget movies, but it doesn't necessarily like, I mean, yeah, if you're trying to do a quiet shot and you hear the fucking, like, humming of a camera or something, yeah, it can ruin it. But it didn't ruin it for me, but I, I, yeah. I 100%, I, I, can, right. I can go with that. All right, what's your next one? Two stars. Lovely Molly wants to speak to your manager. Oh, yeah, I got that one, too. Nice, because <laughs> that correlates with the Karen. All right, so I've, this is my last one, then, since that, since uh, lovely, lovely Molly wants to speak to your manager. I've got a one-and-a-half star from Will that says, Cinematic Melatonin. <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, it wasn't a fast-paced movie. It was pretty slow. I can yeah, but I that. didn't fall asleep. So, well, uh, I mean, yeah, to each their own. And then my next one, two-and-a-half stars, I guess, my, yeah, my last one. So yeah, two and a half, I feel like her when he doesn't text me with roll roll eyes emoji. Jesus Christ! I mean, <laughs> so Goodness. you go into a murderous rage when you don't get a text back. Apparently like, so. I wonder why you don't get a text back. God. So those are our bad reviews. Uh, I love doing. That's a new fun segment I like doing. Um, follow us on Facebook at Frightmares and Instagram and Slasher app at Frightmares Pod. Twitter at Frightmares underscore Pod. Um, StaySpookyDialogue is our email. I am on TikTok. At silver.shamrock. Um, I'm also on Letterboxd as Dr. Proctor. You are? Slafferman. Slafferman. Uh, me and Gabby will be back next week for her staff pick, doing a vampire movie. Shocking, I know. Because she loves her some vampires. So until next week, guys, stay tuned and... Stay spooky.